The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoop Ball NBA DFS today. I am Andrew Hansen and I am very happy to be joined on this Sunday slate by none other than Miles Hartley, the Canadian DFS wizard. Miles, welcome to the program. How are you today? Doing pretty good. Just getting over the tail end of a cold here. Um, I know that uh, Mike had also been suffering one through one for two weeks here, so Hopefully we can get over this bump here and we'll be uh, good for the flu season. <clears throat> and how are you tonight? I'm doing all right. Um, I didn't get any NBA lineups in, um, doing other stuff. And um, I did catch the big news, though, the milestone of the night. James Harden hitting 20,000 career points. Seventh youngest to do it, I think, is what I read. And he did it in style with that step back three, finished with 32, 12, and eight and three quarters. So big props to him. Indeed, very big milestone. <clears throat> I say the so, other guy who had a big game tonight was Rajon Rondo there. With uh, He was two assists away from a triple-double, and I was all over him tonight. And he uh, definitely paid off his price tag of 3,800. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Rondo at 3,800 in the starting lineup. What else could you want? Not much else. <laughs> you just want uh, Drummond not to get ejected. Yeah, exactly that as well too. Yeah, that was that was painful. Paid, <laughs> paid up for him, and he was out after uh, at the third quarter there, and uh, only had 19 fantasy points. Very little total for him. Well, let's see if we can make some selections for Sunday. January 12th, some some folks who don't foul out, and let's hit on some more value plays like Rondo. And before we do that, we want to make mention of our presenting sponsor, MyBookie.ag. We are in the middle of the divisional playoffs, divisional weekend in the NFL, so a great opportunity to, to go place some bets on the NFL. We've got, well, let's see. Just under 48 hours until the national championship game in college football. And we're in the heart of the NBA season. So head over there. And when you make a deposit, use the promo code DFS today. And you'll get up to 50% of your deposit matched if your deposit is 2000 or less. So if you deposit $2,000, you will get a $1,000 match from mybookie.ag. And also, we want to thank... Our longtime sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. They are excellent. We love partnering with them. We love drinking their coffee. And, Miles, you probably heard uh, the rest of the crew here really wants you to become a coffee drinker. And I, I'm trying to have your back here and say, hey, if he doesn't like coffee, you know, he doesn't have to drink it. But, you know, if you ever want to try it, we all we all think it's the right way to go. And if I ever do try coffee, I will definitely give it a shot. <laughs> all right. Uh, and of course, you know, it's still sort of holiday season, so you can you can get it as a gift as well. Um, but why not as Kona Coffee? You can just go to Amazon, couple clicks, and you'll have some of that delicious coffee on your front front doorstep. All right, well, we're going to try to deliver some strong recommendations to everybody's doorstep, proverbial doorstep here, Miles. And we're going to start as we always do here 
with the Sunday. It's not a showdown slate this Sunday. It's a two-game early slate on DraftKings. It starts at 3.30 Eastern. And we're going to start in the nation's capital. Utah is traveling to Washington. We do have some news in this game. Big uh, X factor is that Bradley Beal is questionable. He's been out for a few games. And he may be back in the mix. But um, we have a little bit more certainty over Utah. It's the regular crew expected to be out on the court. So who do you like uh, for the Jazz? So, yeah, on the Jazz side of the ball there, I like Rudy Gobert a bunch. Um, I mean, they're going against one of the worst defenses in the league right now. And um, Washington is tied with the Charlotte Hornets for uh, allowing the most uh, fantasy points to the center position. Uh, at 56.3 is what they allow on average. So I like him a bunch, and over the last two games, he's averaging 48 fantasy points. So, I mean, there's no reason he can't go out there and dismantle this front court. Um, so I think at 8,500, he's a fair price tag. And then the other guy on this side that I'm looking at a lot is, uh, and are actually two guys, and I think some people might shy away from them just because uh, they both kind of had some down games the last couple games, and that's a uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles. Um, Boyan is only 5,800, and um, <clears throat> both these guys have been priced down, and I think it's just because, yeah, they've been not playing as good, well. And, I mean, last game, you can't really take what happened because it was a blowout game against the Hornets. So, or not the Hornets, uh, who did they play? Oh, yeah, no, it was the Hornets that they played last game. Um, so both of them have, you know, depressed fantasy, uh, output there. And I think because of that, we might get them at a lower ownership and, you know, I don't see a reason why they can't bounce back here against one of the worst defenses. And I think Joe Ingles was only priced at 5,200. So we know that he can go there and, you know, easily put up those 35 to 40 fantasy point games on a given night. So I like that price tag a lot. Um, and then one of the value plays I'm looking at here is Royce O'Neal. Um, you know, at 4000 I think we could also get him at a lower orange rate just because, you know, guys like Clarkson have come in and they have in into his uh, <clears throat> um, usage a bit. But, you know, I think he can easily get you, you know, around that 25 to 30 fantasy points and uh, pay off his price saying no problem. Um and then the one other guy I do have written down here, and essentially it just comes down to the fact that there aren't many other options on the slate, is uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's just beating the horse dead here. But, yeah, poor defense. No reason why he can't go out there and get a bunch of points. But uh, he wasn't my number one choice. Uh, I'd much rather with Rudy Gobert here. Um, just because Rudy Gobert seems a lot more, uh, has a much safer floor than uh, Donovan Mitchell does, whereas Donovan Mitchell's quite uh, scoring dependent. So if he's having a bad shooting night, you're going to have a bad fantasy night. Um, what about you? What do you got on this side of the ball? Well, I'm interested in, in Kumo's thoughts because for our listeners who haven't met Kumo yet, that was Kumo in the background, Miles's bird. And he started chirping there a little bit when you're talking about Donovan Mitchell. So maybe he wanted to chime in and say that Mitchell was really poor last time out, but maybe he's going to be low owned and we, we do need to take a look at him. Yes, this is true. <laughs> um, I'm with you, actually. In, in the exact same order that you read them, Gobert, Bogdanovich, and Ingles, I, I really love all three of those guys. Ingles and Bogdanovich in the 5K range against Washington and their 30th-ranked defense. I mean, I think they're just perf- perfect 
mid-tier guys on this two-game slate. And I will I will enter some lineups with Mitchell uh, as part of that quartet and just stack all four of them against Washington. Um, I think that'll be a, a fun way to go. Uh, and you mentioned Royce O'Neal at 4K. I think one of the key themes here in this two-game slate is figuring out who to play in the 3 to 4K range. You know, there's a lot of guys actually below 4K that I'm looking at that I think could be difference makers. And, you know, you mentioned – the next game? Well, actually in both in games. Game yeah, I'm going to mention okay. a couple here. Um, you know, you mentioned all those fantasy points that the Wizards give up to centers. I think you can look at Tony Bradley at 3.0, uh, hopefully get a low-owned guy and, you know, get a little bit of a different lineup build. Even George Niang at 3.4, he's really been playing pretty well lately. Uh, very good out, very good three-point shooter. So I'm going to get him into a couple of my lineups. Um, Clarkson, who is the, the guy that I would usually look to for value, uh, he's a little bit higher than I'd like at 4.6, but yeah, they um, priced him up a bit. Yeah, so probably won't have as much of of him as I would on maybe a bigger slate when he's you know more more around that 4K price tag. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Okay, well let's look at the other side and see if there's anyone we want to run it back with. As I mentioned, Beal is questionable, so if he's out. Uh, I'm going to go right back to our boy McCray. He has been priced up at 7.1, but, I mean, we're talking about a two-game slate here and a guy that's only 7.1 who can get you 50 fantasy points. So he'll be in a bunch of money. Um, then we've got the uh, the other news in terms of the bigs is that Bryant is expected to be back after about a month out. And that you would think would help Gobert to get a center coming back who's rusty, who's dealing with a foot injury. So I think that supports the Gobert play. I think it mixes up the front court a bit for Washington. So I don't plan to play any bigs. Um, Bertans was you know efficient in terms of points per minute in his return. He's at 5.5. I think he's worth a look. He won't be one of my core players. Um, one of the 3K guys who I'm going to get into a couple lineups is actually Isaiah Thomas. He's 3.9. I know he's been trending downward, but last game he had he played 23 minutes. He took 16 shots. So he's still out there gunning. Um, and I just think he'll be very low owned. So I'll get a couple shares of him. And Ish Smith has really been priced up at 6K, but – um, you know, if you're if you got ten lineups, you can't. I don't think you can put ten lineups without getting Ish in there once or twice. Yeah, no, I'm uh, <clears throat> with you on most of those calls there. Um, Thomas Bryan, if depending on his like minute restrictions, I may or may not have some interest in him. Um, but yeah, like you know, if they're saying they're capping his minutes at twenty minutes, I probably won't have any interest in him. And then uh, with Davis Bertans, I also have some interest in him as well. Um, and I will be looking at his minute restrictions, you know, too. Um, and Jordan McRae, I agree with you, too. It's hard not to play him because it is a two-game slate. Um, I've just been looking at his, like, trend of playing, though. And if you've noticed, it seems like he alternates good and bad games. And, I mean, he <laughs> just had a really good game. 
So I'm, I'm, I have a fear that we might get back to that really bad game on this one. And they are going against a much better defense than they were on the last game. So just a little word of caution there. Uh, but then, yeah, we're calling Isaiah Thomas. Um, yeah, he has been down a bunch. And, I mean, he is super cheap. So I wouldn't knock you for throwing him to a couple lineups, especially for GPP flyers. Because, um, you know, we know what he can do if he is hitting those shots. So he could easily go out there and, you know, actually he could tech- potentially kind of, you know, break a slate in a way if you have the right uh, value plays in there. Um, but, yeah, besides that, I agree with everything else you've said. The one other guy we didn't mention who's been playing well is Troy Brown Jr., but he's up at 6.7. Do you think you'll have any shares of him? Um, yeah, I was looking at him a bit too. Um, and, I mean, he has been a little bit more uh, stable, but then at the same time, you know, he's only had – I think he had one game where he kind of blew up. Let's have a look here. I guess you could say he had two games where he blew up. He had one game with 51 and one with 43. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I, I don't have a ton of interest either there. But, you know, if we're doing, you know, 10 lives or something like that, I'd probably put him to two. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it's worth pointing out and, you know, keeping an eye on that he's he's playing a little bit better. But he's since, he's, since he is at 6.7, I'd rather just pay the extra 400 for McCray and, and move on. All right, well, let's go to the other game here, the other half of this two-game slate. It's in the Garden in New York, Miami traveling to visit the Knicks. These two teams played in December, and Miami won that one pretty easily by 15. Now they're going to do it in New York. And on the Miami side, we've got Winslow out. And on the New York side, we've got some moving parts. We've got Randall coming back into the lineup. Bullock is probable. Marcus Morris is questionable with the neck and Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable. So before we try to sort out the, the, the next side, why don't you tell us about the heat? So yeah, the heat, I just had a quick uh, little note on here because we were talking about last game where I thought that they had the most overtime games in the NBA so far this season but I took a look at it, and apparently they're actually tied with Minnesota. Um, and Minnesota has won four of those uh, six games that they had over time. Um, the one thing I found interesting with Miami is that they've had six overtime games, and they've actually won all six of those games. So that's pretty impressive. And that, then, is, that is incredible. Yeah. That's some good so, coaching and some clutch playing by guys like Butler. Yeah, Butler and uh, Bam Adebayo, because two of Adebayo's uh, triple-doubles came in the overtime wins that they had. So, That's yeah, right. So, they've both been playing great in those uh, overtime games. Um, but as we had mentioned earlier, we doubt that this one will make it to that point. So, um, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting tidbit. And then the only other team that's close to them is uh, Brooklyn with five overtime games. But uh, their record isn't so good. They have lost four of those overtime games and only won one. So not not quite as impressive. Yeah, and we'll get to Brooklyn here on the the evening slate. Uh, and that game probably is more likely to go go to overtime. But assuming this one does not, who do you like in regulation for the Heat? So, yeah, for the Heat side, I'm liking Jimmy Butler. Um, he's priced at 8,100, which is, you know, fairly normal slash fair price tag for him. Um, 
he has that triple-double upside that we always like to see. Um, he's averaging 43 pass points on the season, and, I mean, he's playing against a bottom-five defense, so, you know, not much that you can say to not play him, especially in a two-game slate. Um, then on the <clears throat> more um, value side here, I'm looking at Myers Leonard. Um, he's 3,800. He's been consistently seeing over the 20, uh, 20 minutes the last seven games. Um, you know, last game he got 30 minutes. Um, or no, sorry. He's had 30 minutes twice in the last seven games. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> he had a good game against his team last time, getting 26 fantasy points. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can go out there and do the same thing again. Uh, the other guy I like that's in the same price range is Duncan Robinson. He's only at 3600 I don't know why they priced him down so low here. Um, you know, he's getting his minutes, he's getting his shots. And I mean, as long as he's hitting those shots, he can usually get you that six times seven value here. Um, and I mean, the majority of his shots are three pointers. There's, I think there's been only like a few games where I think he's taken, mm, I think two, like two point shots. Otherwise he's taking all three pointers with one field goal. That's within, within the three point line. Um, and, I mean, last time out against this team, he had six made three-pointers. So, if he can do that again, once again, he's going to get you that value you're looking for. Um, and, I mean, obviously in this game slate, too, you're going to have to consider Bam out of bio. Um, he wasn't my number one pick or anything, but, you know, two-game slate, he's a great player. You have to uh, give him some consideration. Um, but, yeah, so, so that's what I have on this side of the ball. Uh, what, you have any other notes on this side? Yeah, excellent breakdown. And I think with Butler, I'm gonna I'm going to have him in a bunch of lineups, but not gonna play him as much as I normally would. He actually didn't do that much in this matchup. He didn't need to. So, you know, that could be a way to get a little bit different is actually to fade Butler, even though it's a fair price, and you know, hope that he just is a little bit bored with an easy victory and um you know, we, we price up on some other players. But I actually had made that same note with Myers Leonard, guy I almost never play. But he's one of those guys in the 3K range, along with Duncan Robinson, like you mentioned, that I think really could be the difference on this slate. The one other spot off the bench that I think is going to be important is the the backup big, either James Johnson or Kelly Olynyk. And the reason I think that position is going to be important is because we're going to have Portis coming off the bench now, and he's been playing well. And when these two teams met earlier, Olenek got a bunch of minutes. He actually had a double-double. But he hasn't been playing much lately. James Johnson got 12 minutes last time out. So he's potentially working himself back into the rotation, and he's only 3.2. So he's another guy. Was that? I think Kelly Olmedic didn't even make it onto the four last game. Right. It was because James Johnson got those minutes. So I think yeah. one of those two guys. Two games will be, in a row, I think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of those yeah. two guys yeah. will be out there, and I think it will be James Johnson based on the recent, um, you know, coaching decisions in terms of minutes. So I, I keep an eye on him, get him in a couple lineups. Um, but I, I'm with you on the, you know, the rest of the squad. Again, Hero is at a good price, 4.4. I don't think I'll have none. He, he, you know, his usage has been dropping a little bit. Drogic at 5.4 has had some nice games. So 
I mean, all these Heat guys are attractive. Again, they're playing the Knicks, and they're all at decent prices. So, you know, mix and match a little bit. Um, But, you know, Miles, we both agree that this is a little bit more challenging of a two-game slate because of, you know, how many guys are at a fair price tag, um, you know, that could could return value. It's going to be a, a tough challenge to try to get to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, it might be a the line that might end up winning. It might have a whole bunch of those value players and only one or two actually, you know, priced up guys. Absolutely. So um, follow the news for sure. Um, one place to do that is at Hoop Ball Fantasy. That's where we get all of our news organized and delivered to you. You can also follow us individually. Miles is at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. I am at Language Olympic. The rest of the Hoopball DFS team includes Coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And Mr. Apatria is M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And if you have a second, please do Give us a thumbs up when you find our podcast. It is available anywhere podcasts are found. Just search NBA DFS today. And, uh, you know, especially on iTunes, if you could give us that five-star rating, we would certainly appreciate it. All right, well, yeah, let's get it. I like that a lot. And then I also just want to throw in quickly, too, is that uh, if you go to hoop-ball.com and go to uh, forums and click on the – DFS thread there. Our guy uh, Andy Gallagher is always there on every day, posting uh, news that's uh, breaking and stuff like that. So he's on that every day, and uh, it's a good place to look for <clears throat> updates. So go give that a check out there. And uh, yeah, this this entire game or this entire slate, well, the two game slate and the five game slate is all going to be very news dependent. So make sure that you're following that right up to lock. Otherwise, you could have some uh, disappointing uh, lineups. No doubt about it. And not only are we going to have the, the typical questionable tags that we need to be paying attention to here up until lock, but we've got some big news in game one of the evening slate as Atlanta is traveling to Brooklyn and none other than Kyrie Irving is likely to be back in the mix. Right now we're recording this late on Saturday night. It's actually Sunday morning on the East Coast. It's Saturday night on the western coast of Canada, where Miles is. Um, But Kyrie is expected to be back, finally. And he's priced at 9.4, one of the most expensive guys on this slate. On the other side, Trey Young is questionable with the hamstring. He's 10.3. So what do you think about this change of events here for Brooklyn? With Kyrie coming back onto the court for the first time in this easy matchup, but perhaps a little bit rusty, will he be in your lineups? Before we jump into this game, I think we skipped over the New York Knicks on the uh, Miami and uh, Knicks game there. Oh, you're right. We have to we talk about totally the Knicks. Did. Oh, we do. Oh, my gosh. Because it's a two-game slate, so they need to be talked about. Subconsciously, even if we I just didn't want to deal with all those <laughs> injuries and moving parts. Oh, Miles, we are on such a roll. Why do we have to go back? <laughs> I think you're right. Yes, I think the Kyrie have... Irving news is exciting, but we do have to talk about that. We did. I mean, we we have 
made a commitment to our to each other and to our listeners that we're going to break down every game during the NBA season, which ideally involves mentioning each team, especially when you only have a two-game slate. So thank yeah. you for pointing that out. Let's go back to New York. Um, I feel like I should take the, the first crack at it uh, because you broke down Miami so well. And for me, we've got Randall coming back into the mix after dealing with a personal issue. He's at 7.7. And on any two-game slate, he's one of those guys that I'm going to have a lot of ownership uh, of, you know, even if he's missed a couple games. So I will have some shares of him. Um, Assuming Morris is out, you know, we're sort of right back in this quagmire of, other wing players. Bullock paid off as I was hoping last time out. He got us that 27.5 fantasy points with a couple steals, a couple three-pointers. He's a little bit higher at 4.3. Um, I, I may have a couple shares of him. You know, if if you're making 10 lineups and, and trading out a 3K guy, then perhaps you get a share of Nilakina or Dotson. But... I'm not going to be playing many Knicks. How about you? Yeah, so did you mention Alfred Payton on that side of the ball or no? I didn't mention him. Okay. Um, I like Alfred Payton. I always do. I don't know why. Um, I mean, 6400 is a bit higher price tag. Um, last time out, he only played 18 minutes, but I think that's because they had all three guards healthy at that point in time. Um, but with uh, Dan Smith Jr. out right now, he has got the starting job. He's getting that, you know, starting minutes of the 30 to 35 minutes a game. Um, and, <clears throat> I mean, he's not much of a scorer, but he'll get you some boards, he'll get you some assists, and he'll get you some steals. And, I mean, if he can get the scoring at the same time, then he'll be getting that value for, or hitting that mark for you, and I like him for that reason. Um, and if Marcus Morris actually is ready to play and he doesn't have any restrictions on him, um, I'm fine at paying 6200 from, you know, he's one of the tough uh, <clears throat> top offensive threats, which is, you know, funny to say, but he is. So <laughs> I wouldn't mind paying that price tag. Um, so, yeah, besides that, though, those are the only two guys I actually have written down. Um, I mean, Randall, too, at 7700. Of course, he's in, he's in play. Um, he was someone like he was out with an injury or anything. He was just out with some personal uh, issues or <clears throat> reasons. So him coming back in, of course, he's going to be in play. He's been playing way better with the new coach, uh, Mike Miller, there. So, um, yeah, those are the three guys I've got down. Yeah, and I guess we, we do have to mention Portis because he had that 40 fantasy point night two games ago. He's and in this previous matchup, now. well, he is, but in this in this matchup before, he actually came off the bench and had 30 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. So, wow. um, you know, maybe that's why, since that was against Olenek most likely, they're going to go, perhaps they'll go with James Johnson and give a little bit of a different look. And maybe he won't have quite that much success. Yeah, I wasn't as big just because uh, with Randall coming back in and he's not getting the starting minutes anymore. I feel like he's a little too high at that 5,900 price mark. Yeah, we'll go to back to Bogdanovich at 5.8 on this slate. Exactly. All right. Well, that's one thing we can agree on. Um, and now we can agree that we've covered the first two games, including all four yes. teams. So let's mosey on to that afternoon slate that we started to talk about Atlanta at Brooklyn and now that you've had some time to think about it if you didn't already know will you have Kyrie Irving in your lineups 
depending on what they're saying about his restrictions, um, I mean, I feel like he's going to have minute restrictions. And if he does, then I'm not going to have as much. I probably won't have him in my, my lineups, probably none of them. Um, and the same thing, same thing will have Spencer Dudeway for me. Because with him coming back into the fold, we aren't really sure how the minutes are going to break down yet. Um, I mean, unless they give us a very clear, you know, breakdown of like, okay, he's going to get this many minutes and he's going to start or vice versa, whatever. I'm probably going to avoid that uh, back situation there. Um, I mean, with being, that being said, you know, Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he started out the year with a 50 fantasy point game. Uh, he is a monster when he's on the floor playing. Um, but I'm afraid to do it, so I'll be backing off of that. <laughs> I have more uh, interest in their uh, front court. So I like Torian Prince at 5,500. Um, you know, they're going against Atlanta that has a very weak front court. Um, and he's a guy who's, you know, he's fairly big on rebounding. He's averaging seven a game so far this season. And, um, he's been on an upper trend the last couple of games here. I mean, the one thing that's worrisome about this entire team is that it seems when Kyrie Irving comes back and almost is like creates a, a black hole for fantasy production for the rest of the team. Um, I mean, you know, it's like they'll all... They each get a turn one night to have a good game, it seems. But I like Torian Prince, and I also like Jared Allen. Um, he's a uh, 5,500 as well, and like for the same reasons with Torian Prince going against that weak front court, um, he's been gaining the edge on minutes on uh, DeAndre Jordan over the past few games, so hoping that continues as well. Um, and then the one other guy I have some interest in here is Carson Levert. Um, even with Kyrie coming back into the fold, he is one of their top offensive threats, and I mean, uh, on his second game back, he had 20 point fans, or 20 points in an actual NBA points back. So I think uh, I like him as well. They're all the mid mid tier here. They're all 5,500. So that's uh, the magic number there for me. I like that. Um, and besides that, that's all I have on that side of the ball. What about you? Do you have some interesting interest in that backcourt? A little bit. Not much. I, I do think it's going to be a little bit jumbled up with Kyrie back in the mix and then probably not playing full minutes. I I may take a shot or two at Dinwiddie and, you know, hope that whenever Kyrie's off the ball, Dinwiddie will continue to dominate it and be low owned. But if you look later at this slate, we've got guys like John Moran at 7.4 who, you know, he's got a great matchup as well. So, um, won't have much in that backcourt, uh, but I, I do support Prince and Allen as well. So, you know, fives are certainly wild with those guys. And uh, we, you know, this is a this is a game we want to stack. We want to get guys in this matchup. Right now the over-under is 231.5, six-point spread. So, you know, maybe this will be another uh, overtime game for Brooklyn. That would really be ideal uh, if we get some big exposure to this game. Over on the Atlanta side, you know, with with Trey Young questionable, that really makes it hard to to break down. Um, he's played Brooklyn twice this year and averaged 64 fantasy points, so he is worth a look for sure. Uh, if he doesn't play, you might you might think about Herder. He's at 6.0. He hasn't done well in this matchup though. Uh, we could look at the bigs. Len is 5.2. He's probable. With a bit of a knee issue, it's a little bit more than I'd like to spend for him. But he's somebody I would consider. And then I'm always going to consider Collins 8.0. Uh, 
Um, so that's sort of where I'm looking over at the Atlanta side. How about you? Yeah, I, I agree with most things you've just said there. I like John Collins. Uh, he's probably my favorite guy on the Atlanta side, um, just with the questionable tags we have there. Um, if Trey Young is ruled out, do you think uh, they're going to start Bembry at the point guard, or how do you think that's going to shake out? Because the thing is, Kevin Huter's been handling the ball a lot, so I'm wondering if he's just going to get you know way more ball handling duties if Trey Young is actually ruled out. And if that happens, then he'll be a great play at 6,000 because he has been playing much better of late. Um, I mean, the last two games have been a bit down, but you know, if that's out, then I feel like his usage is going to go even that much higher. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. Um, and thankfully we'll know what the starting lineup is before this slate locks at six, six o'clock. Cause it is a six o'clock tip off. But yeah, if, if, if Trey Young's out, I'll have a fair amount of herder. Yeah. And then, uh, what, what, what do you think of Deandre Bembry? If, Trey Young is ruled out at 3,100. Interest there? I probably will. I haven't paid much attention to him in a while, but. And if De- well, I will have interest if Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter out, then I'll be looking at him for sure. And then yep. the other guy I like too is Cam Reddish at 4,000. Yeah, I mean, if if Trey Young doesn't play, then that opens up a lot of value, and all these guys are underpriced. They're not like. Some of these guys on other teams where, you know, DraftKings, for example, is prepared for the contingency that the guy isn't going to play and they price him up just in case. Exactly. And we don't have to deal with that with the Atlanta Hawks on this slate. Yep. So this will be another game where you're going to have to follow the news. Um, But, yeah, so I I do have some interest in those guys if Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter are out. Okay. Uh, but besides that, that's all I have for uh, notes. I agree with your take on Alex Lynn. I thought he was priced up a bit high at 5200 Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's kind of getting all dry here. That's all right. That's all right. We're going to power through. Let's go to the next game, another 6 o'clock tip-off. This is in Canada, and it is the San Antonio squad heading to Toronto. So we've got DeMar DeRozan. Going back to visit his former team, he's at 7.9. He's coming off a 36-9-9 game against Memphis. So why don't you start with the Spurs? Who do you like on that side of the ball? So, yeah, starting right out with his, yeah, DeMar DeRozan. I had him uh, last game when he had that 63-40 fantasy game. He has been priced up due to that performance, and he's just actually been playing well of late. Um, but I still think he's worth that money. Um, I'd much rather pay 7900 for him uh, than pay 8200 for Kyle Lowry. Um, I mean, not to knock Kyle Lowry or anything, but I just I like DeMar DeRozan right now. Uh, just, I don't know why, just feeling. Um, and then the other guys the like feel, is, is the feeling just Is the feeling the positive vibes from your high point totals when you had him in your lineup and he got 63 fantasy points? Did that contribute to the feeling at all? This is probably, yes. (laughs) I'm writing those endorsements from that 63 fantasy point. I would would if I (laughs) were you. (laughs) Uh, And then I also like LaMarcus Aldridge on the side. This the two of those guys together, these last, you know, this stretch they've been on here. They just seem to be playing way better than they were at the start of the year. Um, I don't know what's going on, but this seems like their, their team is clicking better now. Um, it looks like they might actually be in the playoffs now before it was looking like they might be not even close to getting playoffs. 
Um, so at 7,300, um, I like him. I do have a bit of worry. Um, I mean, if Gasol does actually come back, then I am a bit more worried about the defense he's going to receive. But if it is just Ibaka, I mean, not saying that Ibaka is a bad defender or thing, but I don't think he is as good as Gasol. Um, I like that price at 7,300. I think he can pay it off. Um, the one other guy I have a bit of interest in, and I don't know why I keep going back to him, but I always do, is DeJounte Murray. Um, he's been priced down a bit. He was priced up to around the 6000 mark there for a few games, but his minutes have still been kind of doing that up and down thing a bit. Um, but he is one of those guys who can go there and get, you know, 30, 35 fantasy points, and he'll be hitting value if you <clears throat> value at 5600 Um, The one other guy I had listed here, and it's a uh, big shot in the dark because I've, I've only played him, I think, once or twice early in the year, and he did burn me. So, I mean, he could very well do the exact same thing again as uh, Bryn Forbes at uh, 4,000. But um, he's been getting a lot more playing time here. They need him on the floor just because of his three-point shooting, um, just because we all know that that's where that team struggles. They just don't have the three-point shooters that they need. Um, but, you know, he's been having the good games the last couple months here, so hopefully he can do it again. Um, not saying I'm going to load up on him, but as a one-off, um, he's one of the guys that I'd take a look at. What about you? You got anything on this side? Yeah, I was I was on this the first three guys. I wasn't planning to get to Forbes, but you, you never know. A guy like that can get hot shooting. And DeMar, I'll definitely be on DeMar um, heading back to Toronto, the way he's been playing. And DeJounte Murray, I mean, it would, it would just be classic Spurs and Popovich and Murray. You know, you look at his last three games, his fantasy points have been trending down from 33 to 28 to 18. I mean, why not? He'd probably come out and play 30 minutes, get 45 fantasy points, and be the guy that you need in your lineup. So, um, exactly. I, I mean, I, I support that. I also uh, I also want to take a look at Rudy Gay. He also played for Toronto. He's only 4.6. And he's another guy where Pop might just say, all right, fine. You know, you're going to get 28 minutes today. And it'll be one of his 30 to 35-point fantasy nights. So I, I think he's worth a look as well. Yeah, no, um, I like that point on Rudy because uh, there, he's been shooting more three-pointers too. He's been going out there and doing that because that's uh, what the team needs. So he can also uh, start <clears throat> catching fire from three-point land now, which is very odd to say. <clears throat> you know what else is odd to say is that we've been talking about a number of Spurs that we're interested in. <laughs> which is odd to begin with, and then you add it to the fact that they're playing against the second-ranked defense in the Raptors. That makes it even more odd. And then when we go to the Raptors side, uh, you know, we chatted briefly before the podcast, and we're not really interested in many of these Raptors, even though they're facing the 25th-ranked Spurs defense. So yes. uh, it's 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 sort of hard to grasp, but that's, that's where we're at. I, I mean, that's where I'm at, and... <clears throat> we do have some some moving pieces here for the Raptors potentially because Gasol and Siakam are questionable. The notes that I'm reading seem to indicate that they actually won't play on Sunday. Um, so assuming they're out, we we are going to have Powell back in the lineup. He's 5.9, so that'll change the guard you know guard and wing rotation a little bit with Davis and McCaw. But those guys have been priced up now, so I, I'm not interested in them. 
you know, you mentioned Larry to 8.2. He's a little more expensive than DeRozan. He's been playing big minutes, been playing pretty well. Uh, for some reason, though, I'm not that interested in him here either. Uh, you know, certainly 10 lineups, he, he, he's got to be in one um, going against the Spurs defense. I mean, we saw what John Morant just did to them. But for some reason, I'm, I'm just, you know, attracted to some of the guys later in the slate, uh, like John Morant, uh, like Devin Booker. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So uh, I guess that that's all contributing to it. I guess Serge Ibaka at 7.8, if Gasol and Siakam are still out, then I'll have a little bit of interest in him. Yeah, that's the one guy I have interest in on that side is, is Ibaka if – those two are, are indeed ruled out. Um, okay. I did have a little mention of Norman Powell, um, depending on what his minutes restrictions are or if he has any. If he doesn't have any, then I do have some interest in him just because he was playing very good ball before he went down. Um, I mean, but he could come back and be rusty. But I would take a few shots on him if he doesn't have any big minute restrictions. All right. <clears throat> With that... Uh, with that note, let's move to the third six o'clock game. It is Golden State traveling to Memphis. And this is a matchup of two teams who are ranked 20th or below in defensive efficiency. So we've got an attraction there. And plenty of news here. On the Golden State side, we've got Kai Bowman and Damian Lee going back to the G League. So they will not be playing on Sunday. Looney oh, continued. Back to the G League? I didn't know that. I knew that Kai Bowman was. I didn't know that Damian Lee was going back. Yeah, yeah, that's the note I just read. That he's on a two-way contract. All so right. before that's guaranteed, they're you know um, shifting him okay. around back and forth. So um, with those uh, roster moves uh, in the picture, we also have D'Angelo Russell as probable. I believe that's it in terms of roster moves and injuries on the Golden State side. So who do you like over there? Anybody? So yeah, on the Golden State side, if uh, <clears throat> D'Angelo Russell is coming back with no minute restrictions, I have interest in him. Um, but that's a big if he, you know, he may or may not. Um, so that's something I would be watching for. If he doesn't have the restrictions, I like him at 7,000 um, going against this uh, poor Memphis defense. Um, I, we know what he can do. Um, he can go out there and get you. He's had you know, 60 to 80 fantasy point games before. I don't think he'll do that, but you know, I think he'd go out there and get you 40 fantasy points. Um, and then <clears throat> I did have interest on in Damian Lee, but like you just mentioned, he won't be in this game. Um, I did just want to give a quick little tidbit about Damian Lee though. Um, because, you know, he's been kind of playing down lately, and a lot of people are kind of uh, getting worried about that. But thing is, with Russell coming back, I think he would play better. Um, in the last four games before Russell actually got hurt, Lee was averaging 39.5 fantasy points. I mean, it is skewed up a bit because he did have one game there with 54. But, I mean, he still had a game where he had 39, 35, and then his worst performance was 29. I don't know if it's just because there's less... Uh, defense focused on uh, Damian Lee and the other players when Russell's on the court, and that's why they play better. But uh, I think this will actually be a good thing for them once Russell's back on the court. 
Um, and with that being said, the one guy who still will be playing that I have interest in is Draymond Green at 5,100. Um, once again, uh, his fantasy production when um, <clears throat> Russell was on the court four games before he went down, uh, he had 37, 41, 32, and 27. So I don't know. Like I said, that they just seem to play better ways out there. Um, maybe Draymond Green cares more or something. He feels like they have more chances of winning. Um, but I have interest in him at 5,100. I think that's just too cheap of a price for him. <clears throat> and then with uh, Damian Lee going back to the G League, uh, I have interest in Alec Burks then. I just have to, do you know how much Alec Burks is tomorrow? 5.4K. You can get yourself All right. a share of Alec Burks. Nice. I will be having some interest in him with uh, Damian Lee being booted back to the G League here for a period of time. Um, and yes, yeah, so once again, it's the 5,000 mark seems to be that magic number. Yeah. Well, def- I mean, these aren't the five, five Brooklyn guys. These are five, four and five, one. These are, these are discounts. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I have on that side. Um, one other guy I actually did have though was, uh, Omari Spellman. Um, he's been hot over the last four games. He's shooting 57% from the field. Um, and I mean, he's been getting in the, you know, around the like consistent, but low twenties. Um, he had 28 last game for some reason. They seem to like him in the starting lineup right now. Um, we'll see if that trend holds or not. If it does, then at 4,100, I think he can uh, pay off his price tag. But besides that, that's what I got on that side. Do you have any notes on this side? Well, uh, I did have Draymond circled 5.1 is just too low for him. And, and you're right. Maybe he just cares a little bit more thinks that they have a chance of winning when D'Angelo Russell's on the court. So I think he's worth a look. Uh, for the reasons you said, I also like Burks at 5.4. And I did write down Spellman. Uh, I think he's worth being in the player pool. But also Willie Cauley-Stein here, same price tag. And he fared well against the Grizzlies. They've played twice. And he's averaging 33 fantasy points. So that's... Oh, wow over 8x return on average. So I, I think that's worth considering. Indeed, yeah. No, I just I had faded him just a bit because of, for some reason it seems like Spellman is garnering more minutes or usage than he is over the last couple games here. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it would be you know more of a tournament play, not something I'd really be able to yeah. trust in cash. Yeah. But uh, because, you know, because his minutes have been fluctuating a little bit, but... Um, I think it's worth a shot in tournaments. And then over on the other side, the Grizzlies backcourt, I I have some interest in. John Morant, 7.4. He just blew up against San Antonio. I also like the backups even. They played well in this matchup, or at least one of them. Melton, 4.3 is a little more than I'd like to, to spend for him, but... I think he's worth a look. And Jay Crowder at 5.0 is a nice value. The bigs haven't done as much, so I don't think I'll play them. Uh, what are your th- <clears throat> What are your thoughts on the Grizzlies? Uh, so my thoughts on the Grizzlies, I do uh, <clears throat> I do have interest in Jonas Valanciunas, which I always seem to have interest in Jonas Valanciunas. I don't know why. Um, I recommended him out last time, and I, I was going to actually mention on the podcast last time was that every time I seem to recommend him, he goes out there and has a big 
dud game, but I mean, last Sunday or last, yeah, last Sunday he went out and he had one of his best games. He had 52 fantasy points. So I was quite pleased with that. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if he's going to go there and do that again, but I feel like, I, I think, I just have a feeling that he should do well in this, this matchup tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to lead more towards him than I would Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, there are only $300 apart. Um, but I just, I don't know why, but I always go to Valentinus over Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm always Jaron Jackson Jr. fouling out. But um, that's where I have some interest there. Um, I did, ha- <clears throat> I do like that John Morant has been playing uh, better. He's on an upward trend, but... I feel like they're pricing him up a little higher than I'd like at 7,400. Um, but yeah, I don't knock you for wanting to play him. And then, yeah, Jay Crowder, I had looked at too. Um, he's one of those players, though, that you're, you're going to have to pick him on the right night because uh, either you're going to be getting him with, uh, you know, 30, 40 fantasy points or you're going to be getting him with, you know, 15 to 20. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah another, I do like your calls on the backcourt there. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, big tournament guy. Um, even Dylan Brooks can be a tournament guy, but they have priced him up quite a bit as well. I think he's at 5,800, which I was not willing to pay myself. Excellent. All right. I think we're on the same page there. So we can move on to the 8 o'clock games. They are on the same slate, this five-game slate in the evening. And why don't we start with the mile-high matchup, the Clippers – Traveling to Denver. Denver coming off a surprising loss at Cleveland on Saturday, 111 to 103. Uh, so now they have to go home and play on a back-to-back against the Clippers. This is a tall order. Will you be playing any Nuggets uh, under these circumstances? Uh, I will be. I was hoping that it was going to be a blowout game for them, that they would rest all their, you know, starters. You know, they would have only been out there 25 to 28 minutes. But uh, unfortunately, see, they seemed to keep them out there, try and pull back uh, the, the win there, but they couldn't do it. With that being said, they're playing at home at least. Um, and uh, I feel like Nikolai Johic at uh, 8,800 is a fair price. Um, he's been playing a lot better ball of late. Um, he always has a triple-double upside. Um, you know, LAC isn't the, uh, you know, they're not like, they're not the worst or the best at the center position. Um, I do, so I do have quite a bit of interest in him here. Um, the other guy I like is Jamal Murray. Um, I like his price tag of 6400 um, It's lower than we've seen it, and uh, it seems to be that he's getting less of a price, he's getting more of a price down than guys like Will Barton. Um, and I don't really know. I mean, he is a guy who can be hot and cold. Um, but I mean, he can go out there and he get you 50 fantasy points on a given night. So I do like him at 6,400. Um, I mean, he will get some of that Pat Bev defense probably. Um, but I, I'm not too worried about it here. Um, the other guy that I like is Will Barton. He has been priced up quite a bit. Um, but with, uh, the decline of Paul Millsap, um, it seems like he's uh, taken over that usage and he's been thriving with it. Um, and, you know, like I said last time, he's a combo guard that does a bit of everything. He'll get you some assists, get to some boards, get some points. Um, and the thing is, he's always getting his minutes. So I like him. I am a bit worried, though. I'm not sure 
who Kawhi Leonard's going to be on? Who do you think Kawhi is going to end up guarding? Do you think it will be Will Barton? That's a good question. Um, you know, we should mention the injury news for Denver. Millsap did not play on Saturday, so Jeremy Grant started. Millsap, we imagine, is going to be questionable. So, um, you know, that that could impact had, things. I had him ruled out uh, when I looked last, but maybe they're going to change that tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that was just for the Saturday game. Um, uh, okay. I don't – I. What I read, they hadn't determined yet for Sunday. So do follow the news and, and check in at Hoopball Fantasy uh, Sunday afternoon to see what the latest is there. But if if Millsap is out, then I will uh, I'll consider playing some Grant at 5.3. Um, in terms of Kawhi Leonard, uh, we do know that Paul George is out. So... Um, yeah, I think there's a decent chance he would be on Barton. Um, but in terms of breaking down the rest of the Nuggets, I don't think I'll have as much Jokic, Murray, and Barton as I normally do. I, I, I like playing all those guys. I'm looking more at either Grant or Plumley off the bench at 4.0, uh, running around with Harrell. I, you know, I think he could pay off value. And then Porter Jr., I want to ask you about him. He's 3.6. He only played three minutes tonight. We know he, he has started recently, so he's really been boom or bust. You know, with, but with that price tag of 3.6 on the second night of a back-to-back, do you think he gets more minutes? Yeah, see, I was taking a look at that. I was giving him some consideration as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, Coach Malone had said that he wanted to get him, I think, 20, 25 minutes a night, but that has not been happening. Um, and last time when Paul Millsap was first ruled out, I thought they were going to give uh, Porter Jr. the start. So I had slotted him into my lineup and then later found out that they had switched Jeremy Grant. So that was quite upsetting. Um, yeah, it was. But yeah, maybe on this uh, back-to-back night, maybe you know, maybe they do give him some more minutes. So, I mean, if he, did, if he does get 20 to 25 minutes, then I would have interest in him. But, I mean, unless we actually have some notes saying that he is going to play more minutes or maybe he ends up somehow getting a start than I would. But uh, otherwise I am, I'm afraid to touch him. What about you? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think he's worth a gamble. I mean, second, I have a back to back, you know, w- when he got 23 minutes against Indiana, that's when he had a, a real big game, he got 33 fantasy points. I also thought he was going to start against Dallas, but then he didn't. So that was a, uh, really unfortunate situation. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't lock him in by any means, but I, I'll have at least a couple shares of him because I, I just think it makes too much sense. I mean, you look at the rest of this bench, especially if Millsap's out, just one less score. I mean, you've got, you know, Morris handling the ball, and then you've got Beasley. He got 13 minutes tonight, uh, Saturday night. I just I don't know why you wouldn't give him a shot, so um, I, I think it's worth the gamble. Yeah, but definitely GPP. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, let's go to the Clippers side because there is a price situation there that I really jumped out at me. Patrick Beverly is four point eight. I, I do not understand why he's at that price tag. He almost got a triple double in the last game. 
So uh, he's going to be in most of my lineups for sure. Um, you know, you talk about Alfred Payton, you know, stuffing the stat sheet. Beverly does that as well. Uh, so that's the number one play for me on the Clippers. And Kawhi, you know, he's worth a look at 9.0 with Paul George out for sure. Uh, I like Carroll at 6.1, you know, getting to play against this front court on the back end of a back-to-back. Um, and that's probably about it for me. We've got Jamichael Green questionable. Uh, if he's out, you know, maybe there's a couple more minutes for Mo Harkless at 3.8. I don't usually play him, but, um, you know, maybe a one-off. Yeah, I have the exact same three guys down as you did. Kawhi Leonard, Pat Bev, and uh, Montrez Harrell. Those are the three that I have interest in. Um, and yeah, I think I think both Pat Bev and Montrez Harrell were uh, priced too cheaply. <clears throat> and then I think uh, Kawhi Leonard is priced fairly, especially with Paul George being out, because with him out, with Paul George being out, he's going to be getting the starter minutes, and they're going to need him producing. So he'll be out there for you know I think 35 minutes, and you know 35 minutes of quiet 9,000. I'll take that. Yeah, and it's sort of the perfect scenario for Kawhi Leonard because they didn't play Saturday, they don't play Monday, and Paul George isn't playing, and he's priced at 9K instead of 9.9 like last time. Exactly. All, All right, right, anybody so else from that game? Yeah. You ready for the late? I yeah. The other, I mean, the other eight o'clock with, hammer. Yeah, I uh, said so the same thing you said with Mo Harkless. If uh, Jermichael Green is ruled out, then I would probably yeah, take a one off on him as well. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the last game because we've got some fun options here. It is Charlotte against Phoenix. And Phoenix is 19th defensively in terms of efficiency. Charlotte is 27th. So two defenses we can certainly attack over under right now, 219.5. Suns favored by eight. Charlotte is on the front end of a back-to-back. They'll be playing at Portland on Monday. Let's start with the home team here. Miles, who do you like for the Suns? So, yeah, on the Suns side, I have quite a bit of interest here. Um, This is probably my favorite game. I will most likely be stacking this one. Um, I like Devin Booker, 8,400. You know, it is a bit of a higher price tag for him right now, but, I mean, that's for a good reason. Um, he has had over 50 fantasy points um, in five of his last seven games. Um, he's just been falling out. Um, so, like you had mentioned, against this kind of defense and this over-under, like it a lot. I'll be uh, having him in a lot of my lineups. The other guy I like is uh, Ricky Rubio. He has been struggling with his shots over the last five games. Um, he's only eclipsed uh, double-digit uh, points once so far in those five games. Um, but, I mean, his other stats have all been there. He's getting his dimes, which we like to always have. And, um, I mean, if he can find his shot, and, I mean, there's no reason he can't find it against this kind of a team. So, hopefully he gets, you know, at least to 10 points. And then there's a good chance he'll have at least 10 assists. And then he gets us that double-double bonus, and we're happy. Um, and then I also like Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, I'm glad to see that he's uh, back below the 7K mark because I was uh, refusing to pay for him when he was above that. Um, <laughs> not to say that his you know, level of play was not there or anything. I just was refusing because I just know he's one of those players who can, you know, kind of bust at times. But uh, below 7,000 uh, against uh, Charlotte, sure, I'll take him. Um, then there's two guys here. 
they've been kind of, you know, disappointing fantasy-wise. Uh, one has been disappointing real life. The other one's been good real life. Um, DeAndre Ayton at 7,700. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of negative news around him right now. Um, so I'm hoping that he takes off a bit of a chip on his shoulder and, you know, that he decides to go out there and uh, turn this shaft, uh Charlotte front court and, uh, you know, make some a statement. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, he could go out there and just flop. But I do have some interest in him, Adam, uh, just because we know what he can do for us uh, fantasy production-wise. Usually he is a double-double machine. He has failed to do that the last two games by only one or two rebounds. So, I mean, if there's a spot for him to do it, it's going to be in this game. Um, the one other guy is Aaron Baines. Um, I mean, you and me were all over him last time. Um, he did disappoint a bit with only a game of 21 fantasy points. And then, I mean, the last two games following that have been even worse. Um, but as a GPP flyer, you know, I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. Um, you know, price tag isn't terrible, but it's not great either for what he's been doing. Um, but I wouldn't mind taking a chance on him. Uh, what about you? What you got on this side? Yeah, I don't. I, uh, the first four guys, um, I think, are going to be highly owned for me. I think there's a good chance I'll have some lineups where I own three, where I own three out of three out of the four. Um, you know, Booker has just been excellent, like you like you mentioned, and it was not only has he been putting up the numbers, but he's been clutch in this Orlando game. Uh, I was watching the end. He hit two threes back-to-back possessions in the last minute to turn that game around from a deficit to an advantage. Um, so, you know, he's he's really been stepping up his game. And Ubre, like you mentioned, he's under 7K. Rubio played well in this matchup before. They played in Charlotte, and Phoenix won that one by 5, 109, 104. Aiton and Baines did not play in that matchup, so we haven't gotten to see them attack this Charlotte front court. But I will be invested in Aiton uh, to see if he can take advantage of it. You know, because he played 30 minutes in the last game and Baines only played 18, I I, I probably will shy away from Baines and just get a couple shares of Aiton. Um, the the guys on the bench, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm just sort of you know playing around with them, thinking about it. Saric at 3.1, that's just incredibly low for a guy that uh, has as much talent as, as he does. And if you, you know, another one-off, you know, we talked about Harkless at 38. You could throw Mikael Bridges in the lineup at 3.8. Um, but what, what do you think about either of those guys? Is any interest at all? I like Mikael Bridges. Um, he's been getting minutes. Um, I mean, he's been hitting 30 minutes a few times here. And I, the coach likes him, likes his play style. Um, he's good defensively. Um, I mean, he doesn't take a ton of shots and stuff, but, I mean, if he takes his five or, you know, his good field goal percentage, if he takes seven shots and he gets five of them and he gets some steals, um, he can definitely pay off his price tag. I don't have as much interest in Sarge. I know that he can be a great player. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know, it just seems like he's, like, just disappeared. Um he did get the start last time, actually. I was, it was Sarge and Aaron Baines that were in the front court starting last game. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. So I was quite surprised by that. But, yeah, they both didn't seem to get much uh, minute totals there. And it was Aiden who ended up getting the starting minutes uh, total, at least. Not that right. he actually started. Um, 
but yeah, so that's what I think on those two guys there. I like Mikel Bridges, uh, and I'm not a big fan of uh, Sarge. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Sarge, he's been terrible, really, in terms of fantasy production. But now his minutes have actually been trending up the last four games. And if he's going to be in the starting lineup and he starts out well, maybe he'll get a few extra minutes. You know, when they played earlier in the season, he put up 35 and a half fantasy points against Charlotte. So, you know, um, it's unlikely that he'll just all of a sudden snap out of it and start playing like we know that he can. But um, just I just thought it was noteworthy that he's all the way down to 3.1. That's just crazy. Yeah, I know. I did look at that and I did think that's crazy. But like you had said, too, though, in the earlier matchup, there was no Baines and there was no Aiden. And those are two big obstacles for him to overcome. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, let's look at the Charlotte side. Um, We've got Graham at 6.9 coming off a real clunker. Rozier finally priced back higher than Graham at 7.1. He's actually been better and more consistent. So I'll have some Rogier, probably not much Graham, and maybe a little bit of Miles at 5.7. Yeah, I like those calls Miles, there. Miles Bridges. Um, yeah. Um, I like Miles Bridges. Uh, he has been doing a lot better here. Um I mean, excluding his recent performance he just had, um, he has put together he put together three games before that where he's averaging uh, three fantasy points. So I like him. Um, and then yeah, I like the two guards guards you mentioned, Rozier and Graham. Uh, as you said, Rozier is playing much better over the last uh, five games here. Uh, we're finally seeing him kind of do what we kind of expected from the start, um, being the top scorer for the team. Um, and Graham. I might not have as much, but I still think he's worth the look. And, I mean, because he's been in that slump, he might be at a much lower ownage. And, I mean, because he shot 5 of 24 24 shots over the last two games. So, very poor shooting, but, you know, he's going to have to break out of that eventually. So, you know, at 6,900, that's a pretty low cost for him compared to what we've seen him at. I mean, wasn't he almost at 9,000 at one point this season? Yeah. So, I think uh, he's worth putting into a couple of lineups myself, yeah. Uh, besides that, I don't have any other guys listed. What about you? Is there anything else you got? No, not really with the bigs. You know, P.J. Washington. Now we've got uh, Marvin back in the mix. Um, I mean, the centers are they're pretty cheap, but um, I, I doubt I will get there. Probably just um, one of those wing players. Yeah. Yeah, no, the only like the only one guy I'd I'd kind of looked at and thought maybe was uh, Cody Zeller just because he has been priced down so much as well. I think he's at 3,900. Um, I think that's probably one of the lowest price hikes he's had all season. Um, but he's by no means a guy that I'm you know putting into a bunch of lineups. But maybe a one-off on him for me. Yep, yep, that is a that is an excellent price tag for him for sure. All right, well, before, right. We, well, before, we wrap, yeah, before we wrap it up, let's, uh, let's thank mybookie.ag one more time. Um, it, uh, you know, one more opportunity here to get some playoff action in the NFL before we have to wait for the conference championships. And uh, another shout-out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Um, looking forward to my cup in the morning already. 
And uh, Miles, now that we've gone through this, first thing I need to ask is, did we actually get to every team? I think we did. I think we only had the one misstep, and that was okay. it, so not All right. too bad. All right, excellent. Um, all right, so we've got that out of the way. How about anything else? Any final comments from you? Any uh, any stars that we need to think about again here one more time? Any uh, players that we must have in our lineup if we are hoping to cash? The one guy that I liked, I think, the most was uh, I, had a, I, I have a big expectations, and hopefully it doesn't disappoint us, is uh, Devin Booker. That was the one guy I really liked. So that is my, I think my, my star that I will be having in the majority of my lineups. Uh, what about you? Was there a star that you had in mind? Well, I guess not a star, but you went with the guy that's priced at 8.4. So I'm going to flip that and go with the guy that's priced at 4.8, Patrick Beverly. Um, Patrick, just, you cannot disappoint us here at this primo price tag. Um, you got to get after it in Denver for us and pay off. I think I think he will. So I I don't I just can't I just don't think I can avoid him in my lineups. Yeah, and I mean you should have a bit more usage with the way that their uh, starting lineup is going to be looking. So hopefully he does pay us pay uh, pay off for us. All right. Um, and well, then that, another note I had was I was just going to say sorry about all the outbursts from the. Uh, mascots tonight. Donut made his appearance known <laughs> a few times there. He uh, heard some other people in the lobby, so you know had to let us know. And uh, I'm sure we've heard Kumo chime a few times here. But uh, yeah, besides that, I think that is all for me. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, good luck tomorrow, guys. Um, any final notes for you? No, I just um, I just want to point out that the last time I heard Kumo there was when I was talking about Patrick Beverly. So I think Kumo signs off on that play. And uh, with <laughs> with that being said, on behalf of Kumo and Donut and Miles and the rest of our crew, the coach and Mr. Uh, Patria, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for listening to Hoopball NBA DFS Today. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.